Welcome to the NGA Diamondstein Spielvogel Lectures. This series provides a forum for distinguished artists to discuss the genesis and evolution of their work in their own words. Dr. Barbara Lee Diamondstein Spielvogel and the Honorable Carl Spielvogel generously endowed this series to make such conversations available to the public. Jenny Holzer's powerful text-based work has enlivened public spaces for nearly 35 years. Born in 1950 in Gallipolis, Ohio, Holzer holds an MFA from the Rhode Island School of Design and several honorary doctorates, including those from Williams College in 2000, the New School, 2005, and Smith College, 2009. In 1977, while enrolled in the independent study program at the Whitney Museum of American Art, she began work on her breakthrough series, Truisms. These works, witty and salient aphorisms that Holzer composed and printed on posters, were distributed anonymously in the urban environment. They have subsequently appeared on materials as diverse as billboards, marble benches, and what have become the best known of her media, LED signs. Holzer stopped writing her own texts in 2001, choosing instead to borrow language from writers, philosophers, poets, and political figures for such works as her large-scale projections on the side of buildings and landscapes. Since 2004, she has mined declassified government documents for the series Redaction Paintings. In 2010, Holzer gave the gallery six redaction paintings, each depicting the censored handprint of an American soldier accused of wrongdoing in Iraq. As part of the Diamondstein Spielvogel Lecture Series at the National Gallery of Art, Holzer discusses her career with gallery curator Harry Cooper on May 6, 2011. Welcome. It's great to have everybody here for a very exciting, I'm excited, uh, lecture conversation. So today we have Jenny Holzer, and uh, I've been trying to get uh, Jenny here for, for uh, a long time, and uh, finally succeeded. So um, I know that uh, she has a wealth of things to show us and to talk about, so I will be brief, but before we get to them, I just want to embarrass you and say that I think you are one of the most important and exacting and uh, acute uh, visual artists uh, of our time. And, uh, oh, thank you. And I, I, I want to emphasize the word visual because I think that, that lots of people think of you as a, uh, a word artist, a language artist, and that is, is to understand uh, half or probably less than half of what you do because everything you do is so, uh, so carefully uh, seen as well as, as heard. Um, now, your subjects uh, have, have ranged um, uh, really across, um, across history, but um, recent concerns with, with AIDS, with uh, violence against women, with the war in Iraq. Um, your words have appeared on um, everything from, uh, I'm going to leave some out, sneakers, to race cars, condoms, billboards, receipts, t-shirts, pencils, marble benches, and uh, yes, museums. And uh, I know you've said that uh, you prefer the other things, uh, the, the more public things where you have to grab people, but, but uh, this is the price of success, I, I suppose, that, uh, that you're here. And um, so, uh, you have given us wonderful gifts to this museum. Um, six of the redaction paintings featuring handprints are on view in the concourse. We also have a dozen truisms from you. And I suspect that you've been giving us those things uh, in order to um, 
to uh, reject my entreaty that you actually come and do uh, do your own current work here. <laughs> it's been a very good strategy. You're on to me. <laughs> it's, it's worked for us. Um, but I but I do hope, as you know, that you will you will come and do work here. And I have um, started a project in the tower, and we were just up there, and you said these are some of my favorite artists: Gustin Rothko, uh, Namjoon Paik, and that hadn't occurred to me. But it had occurred to me that um, that if you look at the artists who've been up there, uh, Gustin, who who really deals very much with um, issues of of of, of suffering. Uh, torture, tragedy, um, Rothko dealing with light and light on the edge of darkness in those black paintings, Namjoon Paik dealing with projections, Mel Bachner is going to be next dealing with language. So the whole thing has been, been an elaborate um, attempt to uh, uh, set the stage uh, for you. And, and you are here. You have said that you, you hate the stage. You're not a theater person. So we were careful not to have a stage here. This is, uh, you're just on the floor, and, and it's, it's really nothing. So um, great to have you here. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Hope not to let you down, or any of you. It's great to see you, although I'm consumed by stage fright. So <laughs> we'll show a lot of pictures to make up for me. We're on the street in the 70s here. This is a truism poster, courtesy of the very tough and infamous reading list of the Whitney Independent Study Program. Uh, there were many of the great books of the world, uh, too many of them, uh, so I tried to distill them to what I could understand and what I could offer others. I was trying to figure out what I thought and try to give these uh, great thoughts um, to other people to sort through. Here's part of my audience, people under nine. <laughs> and here's what happens when you work in public. People are very honest. <laughs> they got partway through and then dismissed the entire enterprise <laughs> as too much unmentionable. <laughs> did, did you make an effort to, to go around taking photographs and, and to document what people did with the, um, the work? I would skulk a little bit. Uh -huh. um, this was a good period uh, to be an anonymous street artist because I could get true responses mm -hmm. when I would be in the shadows. So I would go see what people had written or watch to see if they would stop. So mm -hmm. this was good practice for public art to mm -hmm. go around to see if any of these things would hold people. Mm -hmm. um, we're going forward a couple of years. This was my first official indoor project. I was excited to get in a bank uh, in Wall Street, but the piece lasted two or three days before somebody found it's not good to live on credit, and it went in the, <laughs> went in the janitor's closet, but I was right. You know, it took a while. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we're now in the 80s, uh, Times Square. Um, any number of artists were able to enjoy the advanced work of fellow artist Jane Dixon and the Public Art Fund. So we had a chance to put things here. I went to truisms that I thought would make sense mm. at this one Times Square. 1982 82, yep. Mm -hmm. yep. What was it like to uh, go from, uh, from the, the wall to the, the big show? 
it made me curiously self-conscious of the truisms I should mention were written from multiple points of view. Um, so yes. I wasn't preaching. There were many, many uh, positions there. Um, on this board, I tended to put things, I tended to hand select things. Mm -hmm. Now, these were truisms, but some additional uh, material too on? Uh, just truisms okay. to start. Later on, I returned mm -hmm. and put uh, just a few survival texts there. Mm -hmm. One thing I have been wanting to ask you about the truisms, a lot of them uh, feature the verb to be, uh, is, uh, can be, uh, was, in a sort of a passive uh, voice. Did you have a uh, set of rules or procedures in coming up with these? Um, did you just sit down and start writing? How did it go? I tried to cover as many subjects as, as possible, so I would think of torture or war and then try to make declarative sentences that at least someone would believe, um, and then collect them. When I had a couple of hundred, I went back and looked to see what I had neglected, and I'd, I'd made them, or to the limits of my ability, I made them sound like real maxim maxims mm -hmm. that they were distilled. Most of them were pretty declarative. Mm -hmm. So you had a kind of list, war, poverty, mm -hmm. uh, love, money, and uh, you And all sure that stuff. Covered, covered <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. At least symbolically. Yeah, it's been interesting to assemble this talk that I s see that this was there early, the torture one. Mm -hmm. And then love, not really behind it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This one's maybe tougher. <laughs> the wonderful graffiti artist Lady Pink, one of the few women to jump the fences and paint the trains. Um, she's kind enough here to model a t-shirt. I like my text to walk around. Mm. Here's a collaborative painting Pink and I did, um, an unfortunately prescient image of people jumping from a burning building, mm. early 80s. Did you choose the font for the words here? Mm -hmm. I chose the text. Um, mm -hmm. I would tell her what I had in mind, and then she'd come up with an image, or sometimes she would come to me with an image, and I'd go, hmm, what text would mm -hmm. make sense? And a third woman was involved, Alona Granite, who is an artist who made her living painting uh, names on boats. <laughs> so uh, she was our expert uh, letterer. And where? Is this? Is this on canvas, on a wall somewhere? It's um, on canvas, mm -hmm. sitting around. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hanging in there <laughs> for decades. Those We're in Vegas been, now? Uh, they Sorry? haven't been reproduced very much. I, I'm really uh -uh. interested to see that. No, that's a, our yeah. secret stash that's great. Of, of 80s lady art. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the airport in Vegas? You, ha you were subjected to this if you wanted to get your bag. <laughs> Money creates bad taste. I don't know, sometimes. Baseball, Mets and Giants, Mets won. <laughs> <laughs> and this was interesting. This um, occasioned any number of boos. You know, I was glad that people were attending, but sad that this one uh, made people wake up and go boo. Is this, one, is this one you believe in? 
as much as possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 making allowances. Mm -hmm. DuPont Circle, many, many years ago. Yes. I, had, I, I uh, immediately identified that. <laughs> um, the clock, hmm. I wonder, does anyone know what building that is? Well, and this was um, when? 80s still. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. It was nice after I did a few projects on electronic signs that whenever people couldn't sell advertising, they'd give me space. Mm -hmm. I guess they imagine that at least people will look at the board. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this was courtesy of the Corcoran, I think. Is that is that right? Or no, that was another I'm, DC I'm project. I'm not positive. Okay. I I want to give credit where credit's okay. due, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm not positive. <laughs> forgive me. I turned to stone benches with the truisms after a bit. Uh, if I'm going to ask people to read. I think it's only fair to give them a place to sit down. <laughs> and I also wanted people to be able to read in a different way than they do when they're looking at electronic signs with cut text in stone. You can trace it with your finger, mm -hmm. as this little girl was kind enough to mm -hmm. demo for us. Next series of writing, um, the organizational principle of this talk shortly will fall apart, but <laughs> for now we had the first series, now the second series. Uh, a very mixed review for this series, I Love You and the Hangman. <laughs> now, okay, so that Inflammatory came, essays. Uh, the Hangman came after you posted. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a representative one, don't talk down to me, don't be polite to me, don't try to make mm -hmm. me feel nice. It's good for females and all kinds of people. Don't condescend, in other words. And uh, here you did have a rule of uh, a certain number of lines and a certain, a certain sort of shape of the text. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I wanted to see if I could sustain a thought for at least a paragraph. Uh -huh. um, but because these topics were so hot and tough, I wanted to have it bounded. Mm -hmm. So each of these um, had exactly 100 words and 20 lines. And that let me rage, but um, keep it under control. Mm -hmm. Here they are at Documenta. This was a demo to me of how different they are, you know, in a German museum than they were on the street. Mm -hmm. On the street, I also collected these and presented them all together um, at the end of the series so people could see how the very differing opinions would bounce mm -hmm. off one another. You mean you found a place on the street to put them all up? Mm -hmm. When there would be a construction hoarding or a wall that was already completely ruined <coughs> by posters, I would mm -hmm. go to town. Uh -huh. But I had my ethics. Uh -huh. <laughs> you doing this at night under a yeah. cover? At night yeah. uh, with uh -huh. my bucket of wheat paste mm -hmm. all around town. Did you have some help with that? Um, I did all that myself. Uh -huh. um, was only arrested once. Really? Yeah. Where was that? In Soho, uh -huh. of all places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of humiliating. <laughs> what happened? I uh, got pulled into a car and asked what uh -huh. I was doing. And I said, I'm pasting inflammatory essays. <laughs> 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 they shooed me out. Uh -huh. <laughs> so. We're now um, at the manifesto show, also 80s, organized with another artist, Colleen Fitzgibbon. Mm -hmm a member of Collaborative Projects, mm -hmm. a group I was so lucky to encounter uh, after getting out of the Whitney Independent mm -hmm. Study Program. Our work wasn't the same, but we shared the desire to use some kind of content that could be of use to people and put it in an 
unexpected places. Mm. This is Joe Lewis announcing, and testifying. The, sh the show uh, consisted of, of various printings of actual manifestos, historical pieces around the walls, in we part. We had everything from, you know, futurist manifestos to the communist manifesto to American anarchist um, to good old crackpot uh, pronouncements. And we had written text and then we had visual manifestos. Mm -hmm. So we had audio and had performance. Mm -hmm. Next series, um, this is The Living. I wanted to move from underground me methods of presentation, you know, skanky posters to uh, bronze plaques, the sorts of ones that serve as historic markers or, um, you know, something in front of a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also toned down the language. Mm. This was on 57th Street and um, people wondered why it said, more than once I've wakened with tears running down my cheeks. I've had to think whether I was crying or whether it was involuntary like drooling. Mm. It's another one that mm. made some letters mm. come in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you're, you're putting these up um, uh, without an invitation, right? Yes, it was a little harder with the bronze plaques. It was kind of above my skill level. <laughs> but we Plus got you it can't done. get into those buildings at night necessarily. No, so, no. Uh, you're just quickly um, yeah, I was screwing them into the wall. Dependent on the kindness mm -hmm. of stra strangers uh, for that. Yeah. This is the other form the Living Series took. Hand-painted signs, the kinds that were used in New York for diner menus. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one. Yeah, I look at that kind of font and I think immediately of uh, John Baldessari. Mm. Same kind of A godlike creature. A godlike creature mm -hmm. to, to many. Yeah. Um, was that a thought in your mind as well or are you just doing a funky hand-painted um, kind of sign? I knew about his videos. I was mm -hmm. looking more at the mm -hmm. Dada stuff because mm -hmm. they fooled with signs, so I had that in mind. Mm. But Baldessari for his great yeah. carrot vide videos mm -hmm. and other, other things. Back to Times Square. Mm -hmm. This is the survival series. Survival, mm -hmm. okay, yes, because I was looking for that in the truisms and I couldn't find it and I, I was uh, confused, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was fun to go back. Mm -hmm. This is a good all-purpose admonition. A hard one. You're caught thinking about killing in anyone you want in Toronto. And then I went to the yellow pages after a while because I started to like these big public signs mm -hmm. and I was thinking, wonder if I could buy a sign <laughs> that I could program <laughs> at home. So I, I found some and sat at my kitchen table and made them say things like that. Torture again, interrogation comes back. So um, the yellow pages, that's providing the, the image, uh, the framing, is that right? I'm the yellow pages helped me find signs that had mm -hmm. been um, mostly in discos um, or mm -hmm. airports or bus stations. Mm -hmm. So oh, you acquired these I, actual yeah, yeah, that pieces was, of electronics. Yep. Got it. That was okay. a sourcing mechanism. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then I don't know where I got the near images, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Right, because yeah. this series is, is a little unusual for you in having those um, icons, logos, uh, things like that uh, going through the sign. I tried to draw for a while and that was a mistake, uh -huh. so I, I left that behind. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a useful one. If you need to know something about somebody, <laughs> this will do it. <laughs> You'll have a lot of information. How did you come up with that? <laughs> well, I... Did you try it? <laughs> <laughs> pleading the fifth, but um, so many of the texts are so deadly serious and um, so grim that um, for me to stay with them or to, for me to have a reasonable expectation that anybody else will stay mm -hmm. with them, uh, there needs to be some leavening. Mm. But how exactly I got there, I, I, I think I saw a kid do it mm. with glee. <laughs> Trust the children. <laughs> yeah. um, Wembley Stadium, um, a birthday concert for N Nelson Mandela right after mm -hmm. he was released from prison. So mm -hmm. any number of musicians and poets and artists um, gave him a present. This was the text that I thought suitable mm -hmm. for the occasion. Okay, we're at the 84 presidential election. Right. Mondale, Ferraro, and uh, Reagan Bush. Uh, a number of artists and I organized what then looked like a high-tech thing, sign on a truck, that had only been in New York for a Diana Ross concert. Mm -hmm. So we had the truck parked uh, by the Plaza Hotel and then at Bowling Green Plaza down in Wall Street. And we had any number of artists have things on there, not just for this candidate or that candidate, but what you really hoped would happen in America mm. or what you feared might transpire. Mm. And we had MCs wandering in the crowd uh, to invite people to comment. Mm -hmm. And then people would appear live on the screen. Um, this is a man from Missouri who said Reagan was perfect. Um, he never stood idly by and everything in the country is great. And a woman from New York who comes back, what are you nuts? <laughs> so this was the kind of uh, back and forth uh, that happened yeah. and people could appear. Yeah. Did you put material on the, the sign on the truck? I had a little bit, but mostly I was the um, organizer. Mm -hmm. I was the frantic <laughs> mm -hmm. um, producer. I was, mm -hmm. This maybe was applied art, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, next series, Under a Rock. I, after the living and survival, um, the language of which was relatively quiet, even if the subjects weren't, I'd, I wanted to go back to um, very tough things, things that maybe even crawled out from under a rock to be mm. a little literal. I also was working with the benches. Um, these seem to be good memorials. Uh, so this was the first time I did an installation from the get-go in a gallery before I had hauled in little relics from street pieces. So this was my attempt to uh, create an atmosphere, mm. a, a mood, a um, coherent piece. Mm. Dia, we're at 88, don't mm -hmm. give up, we will get done. <laughs> now this uh, is a very uh, busy time for you. I, I don't know how you managed or survived in, in the late 80s, early 90s. We're going to see several uh, things, uh, Dia, Guggenheim, uh, 
Venice, was it Venice? Uh, yeah. how, how did you do that? <laughs> Between 88 and 90, I had a baby at Didia Guggenheim in Venice mm. and fell over. <laughs> Just That's how I did collapsed. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, my child now almost forgives me. Uh -huh. we're, we're on better yeah. terms. Um, the Dia show was a wonderful challenge to have this much big space, um, but I'd only practiced a few times doing a, a complete installation. Mm -hmm. So we planned and planned, but then found that we had to redo the programming just a few nights before it opened. Uh, first, we had each sign being independent, but then we realized for it to have the gravity that was needed, the signs had to be synchronized, so they would start all at once, and mm. then they would rise, and they'd go off one mm. at a time as if they were dying. Mm. This show was about unnecessary death, um, prompted probably by the AIDS crisis mm. that began to rage in New York, but then it expanded a bit to be about um, death from bad politics or what have you. So at this point, you are a we, and you have assistants and uh, technicians and uh, people you trust. It's a, it's a group enterprise, is that um, right? A small we. Mm -hmm. um, had my kid, <laughs> had um, a wonderful electronic engineer and a programmer, because I could program well enough, but not mm -hmm. superbly. And mm -hmm. uh, my MIT pal really could do it all. He could write the software, make the hardware agree with the software. So the mm -hmm. two of us stayed up very, very late for days. Mm -hmm. Well, stayed up for days and mm -hmm. uh, completed this one. Mm -hmm. The show consisted of these 13 electronic signs and then 13 coffins to match. Um, on the lids of the coffins were text. This is the AIDS text. The new disease came. I learned that time does not heal. And goes on. And this was my coffin, somehow about writing. I became superstitious and sold it. <laughs> um, out of the crypt and into the Guggenheim. Um, what a gorgeous building. Somebody really leaned over the railing to get that photograph. About to dive. <laughs> and, um, I was so excited to be in this stunning building and then rendered absolutely frozen and fearful because the building is utterly strong and pretty much indifferent to art. Mm -hmm. um, it can make really good art look kind of nondescript. Mm -hmm. So I finally, after stalling for months really and not having ideas, it occurred to me to go with the strength of the building to mm -hmm. have very little in the installation but to go with the rings mm -hmm. because that's the structure. Mm -hmm. So I only had signs on the ramps, um, mm. benches in the little gallery so that mm -hmm. there would be respite from the faintly nauseating mm -hmm. uh, process. Mm -hmm. uh, and then round benches uh, on the rotunda, mm. curved benches rather, so people could sit and, and study. Here's one. Mm. You emptied the, uh, the galleries and uh, focused all the attention on the ramp and on the architecture. 
They, which, uh, they did a good hedge. They left Kandinsky's upstairs, okay. so there'd be something to look at <laughs> that was worthwhile. <laughs> um, we're in Venice now. Um, also a wonderful opportunity, um, mm -hmm. but daunting because mm -hmm. they hadn't had a woman do the pavilion mm -hmm. solo. So I was once again um, just stiffened. You know, it's one thing to embarrass yourself. It's um, uh, would have been utterly awful, though, to really blow the show and then have people go, yeah, women can't do art. Mm -hmm. um, strange that it was even a question in 1990. This is a very different uh, architecture, obviously, from mm -hmm. the Guggenheim. Did you like the, do you like the American Pavilion? Was that, was that a good place to work? It's fine. It's kind mm -hmm. of Jeffersonian and uh, symmetrical yes. and logical. Um, what was handy about <laughs> its layout is that there are two antechambers, if you will, and I was able to go to the Doge's Palace and see um, the waiting rooms where people would sit and get a, a yay or a nay on a trade mission. So I copied those a bit and, mm -hmm. and made um, this antechamber with Venetian stone and mm. my silly text. And then when you'd round the corner, you would come to a room with way too much signage. Mm. It looks kind of retro Times. and not so scary now, mm. but I swear it was scary once. <laughs> and <Times> hyperactive. <laughs> Back in New York. And um, we had a highly polished floor so that you would see the text in infinite regress. Mm -hmm. um, so there would be too many languages, too many effects. Uh, it would mm -hmm. be um, like the modern info stream, just too much. Mm. Are there any surprises as you're, as you're working in these spaces, or do you pretty much have it planned out and it ends up looking the way you thought it would? I always have it planned out and it always changes. Um, I don't like to think I'm a last minute person, but I effectively am because I, once I'm in the space uh, for days, hours, months, um, then um, the space demands different things. Mm -hmm and to the limits of our ability, we always try to answer mm -hmm. um, in kind. The other Venice room, there was another antechamber. Uh, this was a text uh, I owe to my child. I was tr trying to sort out how to be a mother, um, how, whether it was okay in, um, to have a child, whether I did that in good faith, um, given all the hazards, um, so I talked about that and then generalized it so it wouldn't be just about me. Mm. This piece was very quiet and uh, the text would rise slowly. Um, it was as um, processional as the other one was nuts. Mm. Memorials. <clears throat> I've done a number, perhaps because of my subject matter, um, many in Germany. This is the Black Garden. I was invited by the then mayor to change a space that had been a war memorial proper. He wanted something different that could be an anti-memorial of sorts. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to... Pretty, uh, pretty smart mayor. Uh, an unusual mayor. Yes. Yeah. Um, this garden had been grass and a lot of cheerful begonias and pansies. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I'd come in and change as much of the planting as possible. So I went to dark red or black plants so that the moment you enter the garden, you're physically aware that there's something, um, if not ghastly, at least tr prodigiously sad mm. and terrible. Um, 
Yeah, so, and I changed the configuration. This looks, well, a little like the Guggenheim, but also like a target. Mm. How is the garden doing? It depends on who the mayor is. Uh -huh. um, when there's a conservative mayor, the uh, begonias and the pansies come back. Oh, you're and kidding. And not black ones, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, the first mayor was especially concerned because this had been a rallying ground for the National Socialist, mm. and um, he wanted it uh, detoxed. Mm. And here's some genuinely black foliage. This is black mondo grass that um, is uh, dark as the subject. Mm. When you hear about the uh, colorful begonias, do you, <laughs> do you go and do something about it? I check in from time to time, uh -huh. and there's a, a militant gardener now who's my pal. Uh -huh. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been interesting to do these <laughs> memorial projects because um, just like installations need to change at the last minute in response to architecture, um, these memorials literally change depending on uh, who is the caretaker. Mm -hmm. So that's been a, an adult education mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And finally, even though the uh, weight of the piece was carried by the black plants, um, <coughs> I had a few garden benches with text uh, with a series about war to focus the piece. Another public piece, the Süddeutsche Zeitung. Um, we're in the 90s now. I was asked to do a piece. Um, they had an artist do the cover and 30 pages inside once a year. Um, I finally figured out what to do, um, sadly because of the war in the former Yugoslavia in which women were targets for rape and torture and murder. This is a card for the cover done in uh, blood ink. Um, I'm awake in the place where women die. Mm. And inside were a number of pages with text written from the points of view of perpetrators, observers, um, and victims um, on skin. You're invented. Uh, yeah, text. Uh, sorry. You're yeah. Ima imagined. Yeah. Uh, um, positions. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, from multiple mm -hmm. perpetrators, multiple victims, um, and then something like UN observers, I guess, who come in and try to restore the rule of law after mm -hmm. there's been none. Mm. This writing, this piece took another form, um, became a series of bone tables um, on which human bones were arranged with maniacal precision to try to have Again, law and order, um, uh, text around them in little silver bands. Mm -hmm. Before and we leave that. Mm -hmm, um, it's too sad, I yeah, want to go. It's, um, <laughs> well, that was quite a departure too, uh, mm -hmm. to use, use uh, these sculptural elements, uh, mm -hmm. actual uh, bones. Yeah, after being dematerialized every which way, maybe dissociated mm -hmm. for a number of years, I, I thought um, since this was a crime against the body, it would make sense to have it be very physical, very literal um, for the cover of the magazine. Um, that's why I went to Blood Ink so that people would touch it. Mm -hmm. um, and here so that there would be real bones. Um, and if you wanted to read the text, you would have to pick them up mm. and um, uh, turn the band. Mm. Um, so. 
you know, who, who served as the um, support for the skin writing? Um, a number of women volunteered to give the blood for the ink, mm -hmm. uh, a few men. So we had uh, men's and women's blood to make that ink, mm -hmm. and then uh, friends of mine um, mm -hmm. let me write on them. Mm -hmm. And take the picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the title of the series Loose was Mord. Loose Mord. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, George Gross uh, uh, set of works. Was that something in your mind? Probably. Sure. Yeah. I, I looked at his work a lot yeah. when I was in school, so mm -hmm. I'm sure he was lodged. Yes, along with Goya, I know, and uh, Goya, some others. The man. Yeah. I make pilgrimages to the Prado and stand in front of the black paintings mm. whenever possible. Okay. Someday, they'll make me a better artist. <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> for the magic to happen. Um, Lustmord um, in Leipzig on a Napoleonic monument where Napoleon was almost beaten. Um, again, a very unusual man asked me to temporarily change this memorial. Um, and so we decided to have text uh, about what happens to women and children in wartime. Um, mostly, this has been about the soldiers. So we had a rather cruel presentation. It was laser, mm -hmm. but this was a way to make the subject, uh, the text, as large as this hawking uh, memorial. Mm -hmm. Is this one of the first projections then? This is the second the one, second uh, one. but yes, very early. Mm -hmm. Only the first two were laser. Um, that light is so cruel and can be literally destructive mm. that I turn to a softer um, light that you'll mm. see shortly. Another a memorial project. This is in a little town in Austria called Erlauf. The a lovely mayor had the idea um, when the Soviet Union and our fair country were thinking about um, mutual assured destruction mm -hmm. that he would have um, a Russian artist and American artist meet in his town where Russian and American generals had accepted the um, surrender of the German army. Mm -hmm. um, so the Russian artist um, did a sculpture, and I put a searchlight that uh, would extend many kilometers into the sky so you would see it from all around the countryside. And I made not a black garden this time, but a white one around um, some paving stones with tough war text. Mm. Is the searchlight still beaming up? I hope so. Yeah. I haven't yeah. uh, talked to them in a bit, but... Um, the mayor seemed like a good guy, mm -hmm. so I hope it's part of the legacy. Okay. Yeah. Bilbao. This wow. was a picnic because mm -hmm. I got to see the museum rise from steel on up, so I could visit any number of times and mm -hmm. see the building take shape and um, thus have an enormous amount of stewing time about what in the world am I going to do in this building that has no two curves alike when I'm a rigid person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went true to form. I, I had a very curvy room and I put signs rigidly <laughs> across it, but I painted um, a reflective coating so that the text on the backs of these signs um, could be as uh, swirly as the building. So I can't even figure that out. These, um, That's the, art for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are those 
uh, floating in midair, uh, the carriers, the, the, the dark uh, elements, or um, are they on that reflective surface? No, this is just a dynamic photograph. <laughs> Here you can see them a little okay. better. Um, these went from um, floor to ceiling. Mm -hmm. On the outside were text in Spanish and English, mm -hmm. and on the inside are text in Basque, the formerly uh, forbidden language, mm -hmm. um, so that if you walked through the red part, um, you could uh, come behind and, and see the language mm -hmm. that wasn't spoken for a long time. Mm -hmm. Into Berlin, the Bundestag, when the parliament moved from Bonn to Berlin, they had a very ambitious program to have Richter and Polka and others um, work here, and I was assigned the politician's entrance. Um, and as is typical, I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. Um, I almost punted, but then it occurred to me that the answer uh, to what should be there was already in the archives. I went to the text that were uttered by politicians from the 1800s on, um, uh, and I trace certain subjects through the decades, the boundaries of Germany, the role of women in society, and so on, and I had what was said by any number of political parties, and so we had this flow on and on mm. in this sign. Mm. It was almost impossible to figure out what to do with uh, what was said in the 30s and 40s, because there's no sense broadcasting hate speech, but then again, it was not correct to pretend that the 30s and 40s didn't happen. So we ended up having those texts on the interior sides so that the politicians see it on the way in and out, but knuckleheads wouldn't see it um, on the outside. Not a perfect solution, but the best Quite we could do. Quite a solution. Yeah. It, it yeah. Was now, what year are we in? We're in the 90s sometime. Uh -huh. Is this one of the, uh, you know, art historians love, love uh, firsts. Is, is this the first um, uh, time in which you, um, you didn't write any of your own texts? You're simply borrowing texts, or had that It was an early time. Early I'm, I'm not positive mm -hmm. if it yeah. was the first, since I mm -hmm. repress my history yeah. as soon as <laughs> possible. But um, it was one of the times when I became conscious of the need to have something other than my text. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it made me, I think, relatively enterprising about where to go get them. Mm -hmm. We had so many texts that the um, programming doesn't repeat for almost a month. Mm -hmm. So it, it goes and goes. Mm -hmm. Still Berlin. Um, Another favorite adventure with architecture. Uh, yeah. You said you you have a love-hate relationship with architecture. I think at some point, mm -hmm. I I just see love basically. But where where's the hate? <laughs> more love than hate. Uh -huh. um, um, maybe more fear than mm -hmm. hate. Mm -hmm. um, when you're in perfect buildings, it's yes. daunting, yes. you know. Uh, yes. It's easy to go, okay, I just give up, you win. Yes. <laughs> um, but finally, I used what <laughs> I learned from the Guggenheim here on the, this Van der Rohe building. Mm -hmm. I went with what's dominant in the architecture and highlighted that mm -hmm. and added my own 
little song, um, and then it made sense. I didn't uh, pollute the building. I didn't really detract from it. I hope um, I was able literally to light um, the main elements, which here are the uh, beams of the ceiling, and then play with the glass curtain walls and to make mm. the building a nightlight of mm. sorts. I think you said once that you realized that the, uh, the building was a ceiling, uh, <laughs> just that. The building really is the roof, the yes. ceiling, and uh, a few columns, and not a whole lot mm. else. Um, um, the glass, though, was enormously kind in that it um, let me have reflections that seemed to go out into infinity. That's a good, generous thing of the electronic signs, that mm. electronic signs plus glass give you the illusion of infinity. Mm. And if I go to Berlin, I haven't been to Berlin, uh, do I get to see this? Do they turn it on uh, at night? Um, it's on often? at night often, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes when there's a painting show, they properly turn it off so that mm -hmm. I don't ruin paintings. Mm. <laughs> so, too much light. Yeah, yeah. yeah just too much. Yeah. Too much noise. Um, I'm about to show you a video. It's a little jerky, forgive me, uh, uh, some kind of format drama. Um, so imagine it's smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah, in here it is looking mm. infinite. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. Well, that's that one. And then comes a recycling effort. Um, once I, we had all of these electronics, we uh, put them uh, on the road. Um, so what was on the ceiling became a vertical piece in Paris, mm. a really tall one, <laughs> and then became a floor piece in Bregenz. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have to make do with what you have. Uh, oh yeah, and this section of the images might be uh, that I belatedly notice I'm really bad with 3D things when I don't have a building. <laughs> so mm. I, I tried to make something remotely sculptural. I tried to build things in corners and um, you know, Crossing. In, mm. in approaches to elevators mm. and, and so on. Mm. And this had me use the backsides of signs um, so that there would be many reflections. Mm. And so the signs would really fill a space. Mm. There's one in a corner. <laughs> so on the back of the signs is just a colored light uh, moving or also no, the, language? The backs of the signs mm -hmm. are intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. So they would have the same or maybe contrasting programming. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we would go to complementary colors. Sometimes we would have tougher text in the back, mm -hmm. you know, so that you'd be kind of aware that the throbbing was different. Um, mm -hmm. This is um, a poem from my friend Henri Cole. I came to using text by others for things like, you know, the Bundestag piece, but also because I met a good American poet who um, uh, taught me a thing or two against the odds mm. and uh, introduced me to poetry mm. that I've used a bit in the electronics, but also mm. in the projections. Mm. This is also um, a word from one of his poems called Beach Walk. Mm. Was uh, Dan Flavin helping you out here? Uh, Dan always helps yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked so hard at his things when I was a student, and um, uh, Flavin, Judd, um, helped me get through the days and nights. Mm -hmm. And also somebody I looked at um, when I was in school, 
uh, Paula Moderson Becker. I yes. was much taken by her paintings mm. of um, mothers and children, mm. and then was asked to make a piece in the stairwell of her museum. So mm. that was an honor and a pleasure. Mm. And I put the mother and child mother text and child there. Text. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes there are nice little circles. Mm -hmm. We're in Pittsburgh <laughs> on a roof. Kind of a nice public piece with um, text by Pittsburgh writers. Again, mm -hmm. I didn't use mine. I went to what people have said about Pittsburgh mm -hmm. in this instance. California, Richard Gluckman building. Kind of a dematerialized sign. Mm -hmm. Seven World Trade. Um, yes. Um, Tell us about that because this is a uh, big moment, obviously. For yeah. Um, everybody. A <coughs> project that required much thinking, uh, much careful thinking, because it wasn't appropriate here to go to the dark side. Um, I finally realized that I should turn to writing done by people who. Um, we're coming to New York for the first time, obviously, you know, and, and, um, really excited about what they could do when they came to the city. They could begin their professional lives. Um, uh, we went all the way back to explorers coming up the Hudson River to architects and, and poets and, and so on. And I used these texts that um, talked about joy and beginning and um, uh, realizing and this set the right tone. Um, they weren't sappy, but they were about uh, a restart. Mm. Or Coca-Cola. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're you realistic. You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, and that was um, obviously 2001 um, when uh, Roughly around that time, you stopped writing your own texts and, and really started to use only the texts of yep. others. I stopped with a vengeance and yes. <laughs> about then. Did you stop uh, because of 9-11? Um, it might have had something to do with it. It was a belaboring the obvious, forgive me, you know, mm -hmm. an enormous change. Um, mm -hmm. Felt like no more fooling around. Um, I needed the work to be bigger uh, than I could generate on my own, so I turned to many others in an mm -hmm. attempt to make the work as broad as it needed to be. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed going through your writings is that in, in the late 90s, the, the pieces, the, the texts um, get very uh, personal, very painful, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then you stop, and I wondered if there was some connection there. Mm. Kind of like enough already of mm -hmm. me <laughs> and on yes. to the more general stuff mm. with uh, assist by many others. Okay. Uh, going back in time, the first projection. And then to what was once xenon, the bulbs have changed now. Um, this was in Florence across the Arno River uh, uh, with a text that came to be named Arno that began as a text for Red Hot and Dance, an uh, AIDS fundraiser, and then became a more um, general text about love and loss. Mm. Crazy in Portuguese in Rio. Mm. Big mountain, big text. 
Um, this was um, uh, dancing on our feet time because we were projecting on the mountains and then a storm blew up and we had enough sense, sense to go from the mountains to the waves mm. uh, to do hopelessly romantic things like <laughs> I touch your hair, <laughs> you know. <laughs> In Venice. Now when you get into the xenon, mm -hmm. and I understand it's not xenon anymore, but you still call it xenon. Xenon's a cute it's, word, it's right? It's a great <laughs> word, it's good yeah. for Scrabble too. Mm -hmm. And um, the, uh, the font seems to become standardized into these block letters, at least for a lot of them. Uh, does that somehow go with the decision to do the, the big projections? You almost have a, a kind of typeface now that you use. It was necessary to do something that's very clear and legible. Mm. Um, I often use a Futura uh, or Helvetica, so it's back to almost some of the old poster fonts. Mm. Um, okay. When I have projections in two different languages, I might use a different font for, to help distinguish mm. uh, the text. But this would be the norm because it's, it's um, practical mm -hmm. and attractive, clean. Mm. Berlin. On the Jewish Museum in Berlin, again a daunting uh, project. This was before the museum opened. I was able to work with the curators to pull things from the collection that could be photographed and mm -hmm. that we could project mm -hmm. on the exterior so people would begin to think about the museum and to come to it before they could come inside. A scary document. Mm -hmm. A tender diary page. We're in Mexico now. Love is in the air. Pantheon in Paris with an assist from the moon. On the river in Paris. Thank you, river. You work in all the best places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the pyramid. Lucky me, reflecting pools are all that for projection. On the Alps in Austria, again, enormous letters. I don't know whether you can tell, but there are Some mature trees fir there. trees mm -hmm. in those letters. A church, a little tiny early church. Okay, back to DC. This is the Gelman Library mm. at George Washington University. Mm. Um, I was lucky early on during the document research phase um, to run into the National Security Archive that uh, collects documents, uh, puts them in context, makes Freedom of Information Act request. Um, so I wanted to project some of their holdings on their building. Mm. It was interesting to see how the students responded. They thought these documents were fake, as opposed to the real deal. Um, Why? Uh, I don't know. They, they assumed it was a polemical thing, that somebody mm. was doing it to grind an axe, as opposed mm. to it being reportage, really. Mm. Um, I'd gone to these documents when um, the war started, because I was curious what was going on, um, what were we doing and why, how was it working out, um, how were the choices made and I wanted primary source material, mm. so these archives were treasured, mm. were and are treasure mm. troves. Mm. 
And you did the, the work at GW Library or online? Or? Um, from their website. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, delighted to mm -hmm. know them, mm -hmm. to know they exist. Back to poetry projected. Bethesda Fountain in New York. Elizabeth Bishop. Zimborska, my go-to woman for poetry. This is across from uh, the garden, so people coming out from the Knicks game, yo, that's cool. <laughs> that's gratifying. <laughs> Cathedral of St. John the Divine. The New York Public Library. I felt so lucky to have things there. Rockefeller Center a perfect public place to project because there's seating. Um, it does make you uh, appreciate a building and a setting that was designed for people from the get-go. Mm. We could do century round there. We could do 30 Rock and the buildings across from it. And here again, a little bit of moving projections. an indoor projection. Sometimes it's good to come out of the weather. I borrowed text from Jelinek, uh, a wildly interesting and mm. wild writer. And to make it fun to be there, we made giant bean bags so that you could lie on your back and uh, watch it roll. The control tower at the Vienna airport. I don't know why mm. they let us, but I'm glad. <laughs> Everything was fine afterwards. <laughs> This is the um, Palestinian poet, Darwish. Mm. They're all uh, landing with autopilot, so. Yeah, yes. we're all safe, matter. it's all fine. <clears throat> On the Pacific, this is the West Coast. Zimborska again, after every war, someone has to tidy up. Things won't pick themselves up after mm. all. Mm. Zagajewski, don't let the lu lucid moment, don't allow the lucid moment to mm. dissolve. Have you ever been tempted, these are such beautiful images just as still images, have you ever been tempted to um, consider photographs as, as works in their own right? I've made some pigment prints from these images in black and white so that you know, we could have the equivalent to a postcard set mm -hmm. of the way we were. Mm -hmm. um, I like that these are ephemeral, but it's kind of sad that they're gone too. Mm. Rome, <clears throat> again a poem from my friend Henri Cole. Does he sometimes write for you for a project? Absolutely not, he writes for the good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Israeli poet Amakai. I want peace right now while I'm still alive. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> Castel San Angelo. A most shapely building mm -hmm. with the checkered past. There it is again. Home again. Look. Back porch of the <laughs> Kennedy Center to Roosevelt Island. Text by Kennedy and Roosevelt to match. Um, with an emphasis on very optimistic text by Kennedy and nature mysticism by Roosevelt, mm. and a nice aspect mm. to his character mm. revealed. Always good. 
mixed. Another interior projection, this time at Mass Mocha. Zimborska's text. Uh, the bean bags were even more special. They had color morphine fabric, so when you would lie down on them, the heat of your body would leave strange, ghostly, Pompeii-like impressions. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it was almost sculptural. Again, my trying how to... Did, how did you even know about that? I'm an insomniac, and I look at all kinds of stuff in the middle of the night, so I found an ad from Heavenly Beanbags in Maine that had to color morphine fabric. <laughs> and I thought, well, there should be some impressions of bodies here that are lasting. I don't know. <laughs> Guggenheim again. Very, very nice for me to be able to do the exterior after mm. having had the luxury mm. of um, working inside. Mm. And all these texts that we're seeing, are, they're scrolling, yep. right? Uh, yep. Upwards. Mm -hmm. okay. Ever upwards. Ever upwards. Because otherwise you get the end of the sentence, <laughs> which is... That wouldn't work. <laughs> like that. throw us out. If okay, you all right. <laughs> if you're bored, leave, forgive me. I'm yakking more than average. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Louvre again. This is my kid's picture, so I must feature that. Thank Very you, nice. Lily. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We were able to project for Pei's birthday, so that was mm. uh, wonderful to um, mm. His, gift uh, that. Ninetieth birthday. Perhaps? At least, yes. yeah, mm. yeah. So, again, the moon was there. We were all there. A somber shot. Mm. Carnival in Basel. More cheerful. Okay, back to th my attempts at 3D. Now, now you're inside electronic pieces. This was in Russia. <coughs> Using not my own writing, but the transcriptions from declassified documents, um, I tried to present this material any number of ways from the projections on libraries to uh, transcriptions. Mm. This sign um, has a bit to do with the body. It looks uh, rather like a rib cage. Mm. A more cheerful moment. The floor of the Whitney. I remember that. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. A crisscross piece, <coughs> another attempt mm -hmm. to go 3D. So this is the recent uh, show. This is, oh, thank you. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> went mm -hmm. to Chicago, the Whitney, mm -hmm. and the Byler mm -hmm. Museum. This was uh, the wandering show. Yes, <laughs> almost came to DC. <laughs> um, it's always um, a project to reinstall since it's meant to be installation mm -hmm. art. Um, a tour sounded like a good idea until we did it mm -hmm. and <laughs> then we had to make it fit each space. Mm -hmm. Phew. Mm -hmm. Whitney? Byler, we got to borrow good stuff. So mm. this was uh, such 
a divine thing to go in the vaults and say, no, no, not that Picasso. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the Ernst King was good. Um, the you know enormously tall Giacometti ladies mm. stood guard at the mm. uh, entrance to the show. Mm. Wish I had more of those. We're in Vegas. Uh, a strange project. Um, Parking valet or something, is that right? I was given the ugly end of the building and mm -hmm. I was supposed to obscure the roads and valet parking. Mm -hmm. um, Maya Lynn did another part of the building. It was funny, two ladies from southeastern Ohio end up in Vegas mm -hmm. doing that. But hey, <laughs> I suppose stranger things have happened. <laughs> um, coming to the end now, uh, with some paintings I made from the declassified documents. Um, in addition to the projections and the transcriptions, I wanted to do a number of works that are pretty much just the text. Um, this is a, a detail of the Phoenix memo um, drafted by an alert FBI agent who noticed that um, any number of mm. young men were in flight schools mm and that bin Laden uh, probably had something to do with it. Mm. This was um, not too long before September 11. The memo that was ignored. Yes. Lost in the bureaucracy. Lost, <laughs> yes. Um, I was looking at Warhol's disaster series um, mm. before making these paintings and owe him a lot. Mm. These were silk screened. Um, once in a while, I would change the color. Um, most of the paintings just have white backgrounds. They're just the facts, ma'am. Mm. Uh, sometimes if I wanted there to be um, an emotional overtone, I would go to like a bruised purple. Mm. This is a map uh, that was used to plan the invasion. Um, Central <laughs> Command presented this to the White House in advance. It has protect, protect. Wonderful. It. It's almost a found Holzer. They, they must have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, seize northern oil, seize southern oil, mm. isolate, exploit, seize, fix, mm. protect. Um, this is a wish list uh, for alternative interrogation techniques that includes um, phone book strikes and so on. <coughs> Here's a detail. They, for white noise exposure, I understand they used Yoko Ono's work, which I'm sure was Quite not a popular. Tribute, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another detail, um, an extremely interesting question and answer of um, a teenager who was hauled out and. Unfortunately, someone put a bag on his head that had um, IED, improvised explosive device, on it. So the soldiers, understandably, were furious because they thought he had um, placed an IED, and so he was beaten and kicked, and his jaw was broken. Mm. Um, at the end, though, I include his last line, I forgive the soldier who hit me, that is all. Mm. Handprints. Yes, and um, several of the paintings here are now hanging thanks to your gift. So um, I was so happy that you uh, asked what I wanted. <laughs> and I had seen this very, is this at the, uh, no, this isn't This the is Whitney. Baltic, this, this is, is in Newcastle. Okay, yeah, yeah but I'd seen a, a similar display at the Whitney. And um, 
and got to choose a few. And for me, um, they they balance the the visual and the verbal in such a, such a powerful way. And uh, very happy to have them. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, after having all the text, I needed the body to come back, and yes. the hands um, mm -hmm. seemed to do it. Mm. There's one. You'll see the redaction styles vary quite a bit from one mm. to another. You, um, you, before long before this, mm -hmm. chose a passage from Canetti about the hand, and mm -hmm. I wonder if that uh, came back to you. Yeah. Uh, it is the violent activities of the hands which are thought of as the oldest. We not only think of the act of seizing with hostile intent, um, and so on. Yeah. Almost a graceful redaction. This is the handprint of a detainee who uh, died in custody. Uh, it's a mm. post-mortem print done mm. when he was gone. So no privacy reason then to Obscure the no reason to print. redact. Mm. Um, from a curious series of documents in which everything is blacked out except the word waterboard, mm -hmm. articles, prepositions, yes. verbs gone, mm. um, only waterboard. I heard that this is the one painting or one of the ones that you uh, want to make sure to keep for yourself. Yeah. Fair enough. A recent show with um, the transcribed text in electronics, Today's Enemy, I Shot Him. And then finally, um, a little bit of hope, um, a little abstract painting. This is where I started when I tried to become an artist. I quickly gave up because I was the most miser miserable abstract mm -hmm. painter ever, possibly the worst. But um, somehow with these documents and by copying Russian suprematists mm -hmm. assiduously, mm -hmm. I think that's an almost mm -hmm. okay painting. Mm -hmm. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and the colors are sort of hopeful and it's, it's um, a meditation on secrecy, but mm -hmm. still like a hint of spring. Still uh, screening color. No, these the, are hand painted. These are hand painted. Um, My this is the gosh. supreme sacrifice. You're back. Painting has uh, maybe, you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Jaunty composition, you know? Found art. That's mm -hmm. a, a long time mm -hmm. honorable pursuit in art. Attractive details. <laughs> color merges. I don't know. It does it all. Blending. <laughs> you know, feathering. Like, you know? <laughs> See, there's skill in these paintings, finally. <laughs> Um, and this document just came to me yesterday. I, um, it's kind of optimistic and sad and funny all rolled into one, mm -hmm. which it's secret still, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the last slide. Um, this is a piece we just made, 715 molecules um, is a memorial to a chemistry professor and uh, people are playing with it, which is a good thing about art. It can uh, elicit play. And um, since I showed you so many terrible things, I wanna leave you with this one, as well as some words from Rothko, if you would be so kind, oh, because yes. okay. I forgot to say good stuff, but I found some good stuff. 
I have been commissioned <laughs> to read these words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we both love Rothko, and this is from his address at uh, Pratt Institute in 1958. The recipe of a work of art, its ingredients, how to make it, the formula. <clears throat> One, there must be a clear preoccupation with death, intimations of mortality, tragic art, romantic art, etc., deals with the knowledge of death. Two, sensuality, our basis of being concrete about the world. It is a lustful relationship to things that exist. Three, tension, either conflict or curbed desire. Four, irony. This is a modern ingredient. The self-effacement and examination by which a man for an instant can go on to something else. Five, wit and play for the human element. Six, <laughs> the ephemeral and chance. You see, I, I thought there were only five because I never turned the page. Yeah, uh, the ephemeral and chance for the human element. Seven, hope, 10% to make the tragic concept more endurable. Here's to that. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, if anybody wants, sure. Okay, so we, we, can, we can stay, if you can stay, and uh, Jenny would, would be happy to try to answer here. Sir. What are your plans for Ground Zero? Can you repeat the question? What are your plans for Ground Zero? The Larry Silverstein project. It's done. It's the Seven World Trade one. I might update the text. We might try to find some more joy and apply it. Well, the New Yorker did publish a project involving projection, mm -hmm. yes? Um, yeah, is that the, the first idea was mm -hmm. to project there, but that hasn't proved to be possible. Um, so maybe someday we'll project from the site. Yes. Yep. That's a big one. Um, Question, um, what are you trying to do with the text? Uh, <laughs> seek uh, um, reaction, action, or is it self-expression? Uh, I suppose, inevitably, it has something to do with myself, but um, motivation wasn't primarily self-expression. I, I don't really like self-expression. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I wanted to present as many ideas as I could muster um, in as many emotional registers as I could uh, craft. Um, and I hoped then to have people come back with something, if not to me, to um, others, um, so we all can figure out what to do. Yes. Uh, I'm just wondering, does, does uh, new technology like Screen thing. Is that all any fascination or interest for you? Or 
I would like to do more with it, but I'm noticing my age, you know. Um, my kid is right that I am an inept dinosaur. Um, so I, I kind of knew what to do with electronic signs because I'd been staring at them from the time I was a kid and I saw newsreels about um, text on the zipper at Times Square. So that I understood. Um, I'm, I use all that stuff, but I'm not as savvy as I might be. So I've, I've made a few attempts. Um, mine could certainly be better. Uh, but I just heard about some virtual reality stuff that sounds really juicy. So maybe, maybe I can muster it. Yes, sir. Your uh, tru truisms didn't always represent your personal feelings. How did you handle when people assumed they did and either asked you to defend them or congratulated you? <laughs> yes, question. The truisms, they weren't your beliefs, but some people thought they were, and how did you handle that? You know, some of my beliefs were embedded, <laughs> if you will, but um, I would um, direct people to really reading them, and um, then when they did, they would see that unless I'm even more fractured than I am, that I couldn't possibly believe them all, and that usually worked out. Question here with the sweater. Could I follow up on your computer part? Yep. American Art, Smithsonian's American Art, which has that wonderful um, circular tower of yours, has been down There was a power surge, and um, this is a question about the piece mm -hmm. at Smithsonian American Art Museum, which is down for a few weeks. Yep, um, it will be great to get it going again. Apparently, there was a power surge, and there wasn't enough surge protection, and so it was zapped when there was a big lightning storm. Um, so we um, are going to take the chance to upgrade the piece, since. It already croaked, we might as well make it um, a new and futuristic. So it's going to be a little while. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is there anywhere in the world that you have not shown that you would like to show? Is there anywhere in the world you have not shown that you would like to show? Where I'm invited, because it's so much easier when people want me to be there. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't mean to be like flip, but um, I don't know. <laughs> There's the, the true answer. Um, I, um, I want to work in New York more, which is an odd question since I lived there. Um, um, New York remains a, a mystery, and I would like to know it better. Uh, to do a piece, I always have to study. Um, the new version of New York is um, uh, tragic, but starting to be a happening place again. So yeah, I would like to study it again. What was it like in the 80s in New York with so much going on? And is that still happening? Yeah. Um, 
I'm probably too out of it to give you a good answer about whether it's still happening. You know, that's, um, ask my kid, um, who's 22, so she would be a more reliable source. But it was a very good time in the 80s because um, the art market had pretty much crashed, and so if you were making art, it was because you really wanted to, um, and um, any number of people in collaborative projects um, had shared desires to come up with the right kind of subject matter and to present it to as many people as possible. Um, so that, I was lucky about when I came to town. And going back to your question, we have a project or a potential project in the Middle East and so we're trying very hard to figure out what kind of subject matter would work. We've gone back to um, Andalusian poetry from the 13, 14, 1500s um, when um, it was relatively peaceful um, for Catholics and, and Jews and Muslims to be in the same place and to even share um, places of worship. So that's um, engaging. I will probably flunk, but it's worth a try. So the question about anonymity and multiple voices and whose voice are you taking on at Candlestick Park? Thank you for the question because from it I realized a, a number of things I didn't say. Um, uh, when I first wrote them, I wanted them to be anonymous, not only for my bashfulness, but because I wanted people to pay attention to the content and not to have them attributed to any one person and thus perhaps dismissed because they were just the ramblings of one individual and one female individual. Um, um, so that's why those were absolutely anonymous as were the inflammatory essays. I wanted people to think about the subject matter. Um, I suppose that's why I often work with multiple voices too, because then you can't uh, just toss it. Um, mm. um, most of the text aren't didactic, or hopefully you can't toss it. You know, it's it's not someone preaching. It's um, the text re represent um, many many people. Um, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> <I'm> tired. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... Sorry for the half-baked answer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for wearing yourself out. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a National Gallery of Art podcast.